Welcome to episode 278 of the Grid Talk podcast. And today we are here to preview the 2023 Miami Grand Prix. My name is Louis Edwards, and joining me today, we have Grid Talk co hosts, Owain Medford. Hello. And Sophia Richmond. Hi. But before we get into this episode, we must thank our sponsor, Bets Online. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player records for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So, Awain, we will obviously start with Red Bull. Um who will be having a different different livery for once. Uh, God knows how shocking it may be, but it does look like they now have a quite feisty Ferrari on their tails, given uh, just how quick Charles Leclerc was in Baku, but it does seem that they have their race pace still very much intact, and it does look like another one-two could be on the cards. Yeah, I think you're betting against the run of form. Uh, to suggest that Red Bull won't uh, be on top on the top podium. Um, the only interesting thing will be the inter-team battle, I think, really, uh, when it comes to them. Obviously, we saw that quite, you know, quite, uh, sorry, quite uh, visibly uh, in Baku um, to, to, to the point where uh, Christian Order ca- has to come on the radio. I think Max was uh, was a bit sorry, sort of spooked um, by Perez being so much faster than him in uh, in Baku, or at least able to compete with him. And uh, and then obviously the issues with uh, George Russell didn't help. So if Verstappen's going to want to be getting back to wicket, uh, winning ways, um, and obviously Perez is going to want to try and close that seven point, uh, that six point gap uh, between the two e- e- even more. Um, supposedly it's a you know supposedly Perez is a street circuit specialist, um, but uh, the thing about Miami is that it's an all new surface and. Uh, and it's also a different kind of track. There aren't so many slow corners. There's more the kind of faster corners, high speeds, uh, high speed cha- direction changes that uh, Max Verstappen seems to be able to deal with um, so much better. So it might be more of an, uh, an advantage of Verstappen. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't count Perez out. Um, we, we're going to have to, there's a little bit of an unknown. So we're going to have to see how it goes going into the weekend. Yeah, there is definitely some. Uh, certainty um, of unknown, but Sophia, as you're saying, Sergio Perez, king of the streets, supposedly, um, is doing very well this season. He's definitely put in the pile on Max. And I think David Croft um, said very aptly in the commentary after Azerbaijan is, if it wasn't for Checo, Max would be running off into the into the wilderness with this world championship. A hundred percent. It's going to be interesting how the pairing is going to be throughout the season because they're only six points difference, which that can change in one race. And as you mentioned, like Miami, it's technically street. Checo being king of the streets. We'll see how it goes because looking back at the results last year, they had some decent battles with Perez. Um, 
um, last year in Miami. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Also, though, the straights, though, with the circuit looking into it, that could be also Ferrari's kind of um, silver lining to try to keep being competitive with uh, Perez and Max 100%. But, yeah, I mean... Usually in another league, like even when they were like trying to battle potentially towards the last couple of laps in Baku, um, it was just Max just couldn't keep up with it. And obviously with Checo as well, he can manage these tires very well. So with Miami, with the new resurfacing and like the structure of the circuit, we'll definitely see tire degradation come into play um, for this race next weekend. Yeah, it certainly is going to be a bit of an unknown. And whether or not it would be underwater is also probably a a better thing to look at. But uh, away, we'll move on to second place. um, And still second place in the um, the constructors' charge is uh, Aston Martin. Um, It wasn't as great of a showing in in Baku as we've previously seen this season. But still, fourth place for Fernando Alonso was very solid. Came close to Charles Leclerc. Um, without these sort of like massive long straights and a bit more twisty circuits that we've seen, uh, it could favour Aston Martin a bit better. Yeah, I think they really lost out um, without having that DRS uh, consistently available to them, uh, and it, and it seemed to be not so not so much of a of a weekend that suited them in general, to be honest. Um, and that said, I think Fernando Alonso put it best in his interview, saying you know basically that you know we had a car that wasn't so good um and we were you know pretty close at the end to to the ferrari which is which have had their best weekend yet um so it's you know there are still positives i think this is a bit more it's a bit more of a traditional circuit is miami which is a weird thing to say but it is it's more like your standard kind of circuit you know with the with the layout and things like that as i get some funny looks um no it's it's a bit more of a it's a bit more of a normal looking circuit compared to sort of um bahrain um Jeddah even you know, there's sort of elements of Jeddah in in Miami and uh and also uh Albert Park as well um you know I think it, it's probably it, in my view it's probably uh, going to come a bit more towards uh Aston Martin I think they, they just had a bit of an off week I think everyone has a track that maybe doesn't necessarily suit their car um so I think that I think this is a weekend where they can get back up and, and be challenging Red Bull uh, and Mercedes for for some serious points. Uh, I think it's just a uh, yeah, it's just a matter of time, really. Yeah, certainly. Um, but Sophia, do you think there's given sort of quite a significant sort of what felt like a big drop off from Aston Martin last weekend? Do you think there's any fears at Aston Martin at all that they are being found out slightly now that Ferrari seem to have got their act together? Mercedes try and, you know, get a bit more pace back. Is there going to be any worries at Aston Martin that their fight is, obviously it's not currently with Red Bull, but they're going to be in a much harder fight with Mercedes and Ferrari going forward? Um, I wouldn't say Ferrari's, back it's been only one weekend i think we need to see how it goes in miami and how it goes um for the next couple races we got five races in six weekends so it'll be kind of more testament to see how um these teams are going to come back into it but i think the one of the biggest things is that drs issue with um Aston Martin, even though they had uh, toe a few times in Baku for some of like we're qualifying in some of the sprints and everything 
that's the key factor because you're going to need the DRS with bad straits in Miami. Like it's going to be one of the crucial factors. So hopefully they'll have it fixed and sorted in time for this weekend coming. But uh, I mean, Mercedes as well is they're getting back into pace. They're being more consistent with both George and Lewis and given off of, off of last year as well. Sebastian Vettel retired. So there was only Stroll scraping up a point, uh, finishing 10th uh, last year. So they don't have as much data compared to both Ferrari, uh, Ferrari and Mercedes, who both had their drivers finish and finishing within the top top six. Yeah, because George finished um, George finished fifth and Lewis finished sixth. So they have potentially more data and information compared to Aston Martin. So we'll see. But like I said, it, it's that DRS. They need to hopefully get that fixed and sorted. And maybe we'll see how how on par they will be with Ferrari and Mercedes this weekend coming. Yeah. Um, now to Mercedes, Owen. Um, as Fia said, talking about data, of course, Mercedes are coming to this track with a vastly different car than what they were having to deal with last time they were in um, Miami. Um, so you would think that they're going to they're gonna come into this weekend and hope well, hope, as Mercedes are definitely doing right now, that their car is going to be a bit better suited. The lack of porpoising is it's going to make them a bit faster and will allow them to maybe push for a podium. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get a couple of gimmies uh, right off the bat with, uh, with, with the car. Obviously, they seem to have sorted out the porpoising. I mean, if we remember last year at Miami, it was, it was terrible. It was, the, it was the worst they'd had it all season by that point. Um, so by comparison, this is probably going to be, this is a, this is a net positive, like, you know, they, they get to go into the weekend, hopefully, um, not having that issue and, and sort of not having to spend time, uh, legislating for that issue right off the bat. So hopefully this, you know, th- there's got to be some confidence there for the team. Um, that's, I don't think it's all, I don't think it's all good. Um, the Mercedes seemed decent at Baku, um, you know, it's, it seemed relatively decent, actually, all, all, all different places, uh, all the tracks we've been to. Uh, but it's still not, obviously, uh, fast enough to be seriously challenging um, uh, the Aston Martins, and particularly the Red Bull, on one lap pace. Um, it's decent over a race, um, which is where I think they focused a lot of their... That's where that's sort of the strength of W13. I think they've tried to carry that forward while losing some of the bad traits of that car. Um but I don't, I'm not sure it's going to be a totally happily we, happy weekend for them. There are again those that like Miami's not exactly it's not exactly got short straights. It's uh and, and we didn't see them blasting past it, uh, people uh, with a huge difference in speed uh, in Baku. Um, and to be fair, Miami's actually a higher you know you you need that a bit more downforce in uh, uh yeah sorry you need more downforce in in Miami just because it's got those sweeping turns that you don't really have in Baku. You can rely a little bit more on the mechanical grip. So, um, yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's not going to be smooth sailing, but they, 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 there's reason for promise um, to be had at Mercedes for for Miami. Yeah, it's definitely uh, <laughs> with Mercedes this season. There's definitely always positives and uh, negatives. Of course, Sophia, they've had their. Uh, a pretty bad string of bad luck this season. Um, and I don't think everyone needs reminding what the bad luck in, in Baku is. But I personally, you'll have to give me your thoughts on this, but I personally think that this is a great opportunity for Mercedes to this weekend to have, just have a really clean weekend 
because we've, as Wayne said, we've had both drivers who have been looking very solid, not really too much separating them at the moment. And it's a really good time to start finding a bit more consistency and get their season a little bit more under control. I 100% agree. And given how much of a difference um, the car has been compared to last season, I think they will be very consistent. Obviously, they did finish very well last season, but I think they could, one of them could be potentially on the podium this weekend. Um, I think it's definitely doable for sure, given they are getting quite stronger and bringing the battle to Aston Martin and to Ferrari a bit more. They're not in contention with Red Bull. Let's be honest, nobody's in contention with Red Bull. They've just kind of ran with it. Um, well, run with it, so to speak. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see and see how much of a difference it's going to be compared to last year. I'm excited to look at like the data differences as well and look at how they will be going down the streets given they were pretty much bouncing throughout the car uh, last season um, in Miami. So we'll, there'll be a good indicator on how well this new car will be for the rest of the season as well because you got some other tracks that have some decent long straights as well. So we'll see how it goes on this weekend. Yeah, very much so. So fourth place, Owain, Ferrari. And I know Sophia didn't quite agree with me on this one, but it was certainly a lot more positive from Ferrari in Baku. Their one lap pace definitely uh, is improved. Their race pace definitely, of course, still needs working on. They were so far off the pace of the Red Bull um, over the course of a full race distance. But surely there's got to be some positives going into Miami. They know that their one lap, is good obviously their straight line speed may affect them on their long straights but there's a lot of tight parts of uh miami and it's not always the easiest place to overtake um yeah yeah they, i think i don't know i think with, with ferrari it's a little bit difficult to say um some you know we is this a false dawn or is it just you know, things came together for them. I think, obviously, you know, you can take a lot of confidence from the fact that consistently in at two different times uh, of the day, uh, Charles Leclerc managed to get on pole, um, which obviously serves their one-lap pace. The one-lap pace is obviously decent. Um, and the issue is that, you know, it's just... It was, I don't know. There's something to be said for the fact that it's it's more difficult to overtake. Obviously, Baku, you can just, if especially if you're in a Red Bull, you can just sit behind with uh, your incredibly efficient DRS and and blast past someone. And I think it was also a case of, you know, Leclerc knowing that and not bothering to to fight because all he knows he's going to do is waste a load of time. So by comparison, at, at Miami, it, as you say, it's a bit more difficult. Um, who's to say that this new surface won't? You know, they, they could they could try if they can get on pole. And to sort of help, you know, sort of help the Red Bull burn out the tyres, just be fast enough on the straights to not let them uh, get past, build that cap in the corners and and hopefully um, overcome the sort of inherent speed of the Red Bull. I think that's what most people would be be planning to do if they could get a pole. Um, I think the question is, can can they repeat the, uh, repeat getting a pole position? And I'm not sure they can. it's it's difficult to say, really. I mean, you know, obviously, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. I honestly don't know what's uh, at all with Ferrari. It's 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 so inconsistent. You know, I can't guarantee um, that they're going to be good. Um, hopefully, but uh, yeah, for hopefully for their sake, because uh, obviously it's been a rough couple of weeks with who they're losing and where things, are, you know, things seem to be f- falling apart at the seams, and it seems seems Ferrari is sort of 
peaked and they're, and then they're, and they're on the on the downward trend again, which is uh, which is worrying. Yes, well, it's, it's, I don't think even Ferrari can guarantee that Ferrari ever do well because, well, they're Ferrari. They're kind of like the Spurs of the um, the F one world. Um, but Sophia, even if their uh, you know qualifying pace isn't going to be good enough to maybe hold off the the likes of of Red Bull, which of course is going to be the most difficult part, especially against their rivals of Aston Martin and Mercedes, it could possibly play into their into their hands a little better and try and hold them off because if you know at the end of the day Saturday determines where you start on Sunday as Will Buxton says and if they can keep ahead of the likes of the Mercedes and the Red Bull and uh, not the Red Bull and the and the Aston Martin it's going to do wonders for their uh, constructors championship standings definitely I mean I we've already said on this podcast like Red Bulls was running with it. So given the fact that it was a Ferrari 1-2 in qualifying last year, and then they finished second and third with Max um, going from third to first, I think them trying to be consistent, which might be a big ask for them um, (laughs) for this weekend, is probably the crucial thing. I think they just need a clean and easy race. No more retirements, no more issues, but they definitely have the pace for the qualifying to take pole. One of them for sure, probably Charles, because he's been more consistently on pole... um, last season and this season as well so far so it's just more maintaining the pace making sure max will run with it and go past them like they like last year but it'll be like you said maintaining it against the mercedes and the aston as well um it'll be probably the key key and crucial part of this weekend um but just trying not to put a foot in the wrong place is the biggest challenge for them whether that's the driver, whether that's the car, whether that's the strategy, which is probably the biggest <laughs> part that might <laughs> have a, uh, issues on the weekend. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. Yes, uh, it's always interesting trying to figure out what Ferrari is trying to do. It's also a massive headache. So we'll uh, we'll see what they get up to. But away, and we take a, a 48-point gap uh, already, you know, after four races down to fifth to McLaren and putting personal bias aside I genuinely think they had a decent showing out in Baku given how awful Bahrain and Jeddah were last weekend uh, Australia was good last weekend maybe Lando could have made some quicker overtakes but in and around the points qualifying is now looking a little bit more promising do you reckon they, they're still finding their way through the midfield or are they just going to be now that kind of fifth place team um, coming into Miami? Um, I think they were significantly helped, to be honest, by the complete implosion of, of Alpine. Um, you know, I think, you know, those are the biggest rivals, really, because, um, you know, the Alpha Tauris don't really be able to seem to be able to compete, uh, be that through mistakes or pace. Um, but yeah, it was a promising weekend for for McLaren. Um, better than they've had in a while, like you say, um, which I think is even even more positive step. Just uh, when you when you take into account, I think I remember um, slamming, uh, you know, just slating uh, McLaren um, on the qualifying show. Sorry, on the sprint show uh, for their poor performance, but. Um, I, d- I didn't know at the time, or I hadn't remembered at the time, that Ospiastri has been, has been through apparently quite a disco- uh, quite quite a uh, quite a horrible stomach bug. Um, 
hopefully he's over that. Hopefully there's a few after effects of that. But to be able to put in the performance that he did um, with that, you know, is is not you know is to be commended. He's only just outside the points with his with his finishing position. Um, you know, and and he is in and around like he, he is in and around um, uh, Nando Norris, which is good to see. Bearing in mind he's only had what four races in the car um, now. Um, you know he's he's getting used to it, and obviously Nando's been there quite a while and knows how the and knows how the car behaves uh, from last year. Whereas Oscar Piastri has obviously been out for you know um, with the expensive test sessions on Alpine's dollar uh, aside, you know has had a difficult run of it. So yeah, I think you know I think they've they've got decent two equal roughly equally skilled drivers. Um, they, they're set up with the good drivers. They they seem to be coming forward a little bit, and that's only going to improve as the season goes on. Hopefully, with the cost cap. So, but going into Miami, I don't think we're going to see the fruits of that yet. Um, I think the real question is, can Alpine get their act together? I think uh, unfortunately, McLaren is sort of hinging on um, other people. If uh, if Alpine or someone like or, or Haas even um, get their act together a bit, uh, they could find themselves with a bit a bit more competition. Um, but luckily, they've got the drivers to fight it, and uh, and the team seems to be moving in the in the right direction. So hopefully, that's an all right weekend for them. Yes, uh, hopefully, as as you were saying about Ferrari being a bit of you don't know where they're going to be. McLaren again are just another team where you have no idea where they're going to be come one weekend or the next. And this, do you like? It's hard to say whether that this is going to continue for the rest of the season or it's going to you know, just sort of be blocked at the start. But like, how much of an impact is just this start already going to have on the rest of McLaren's season? Because already, they, as I said, they found themselves 40, 48 points off Ferrari in fifth. Obviously, they're ahead of Alpine, but we know what they're like at the moment. It's like, how much is this going to hinder the rest of their season? I think it'll be most of the season. I think the fact that there's so much of a gap already in um, so early on in the rounds of the season, I agree with your initial um, opening with McLaren. I think they're going to be staying fifth. It's going to be a battle between them and um, and Alpine. That's probably, and maybe even throw in Haas. Like, to be fair, actually, looking at the points, like, McLaren, Alpine, Haas, and Alfa Romeo could all kind of be, like, battling each other towards the end of the season. Um, but yeah, McLaren got lucky with Alpine. I'll say that because with all the issues that um, Alpine had on in Baku, with Alcon, with Gasly, with engine problems going on fire and everything, I think it gave them more. Obviously, it supported them a bit more so they can try to get more points to the team. But obviously, they didn't really do as much points needed. I, I think Oscar's still trying to find himself within the team as well um as i mentioned um about the stomach bug and everything as well i think hopefully he'll get better i think i think he has i think he's probably felt the best he's been um on sunday so obviously he'll probably get he should get better um by this weekend coming but i think he's still trying to settle into the car he's still trying to understand it a bit more as well um was as um previously mentioned lando's been in this car for ages and he knows the setup very well he knows how this car runs so i think given another couple two to three rounds and we might see mclaren kind of getting close up in um the standings and 
trying to maybe bring the battle to Ferrari. I don't think it's it's too much of a gap right now so far, but I could be mistaken. We can go into the summer and they actually be quite close to Ferrari or whoever will be in fourth. Um, could be Aston, could be Mercedes, who knows? Definitely not Red Bull. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, they just need a decent and consistent race. Obviously, looking at last season in Miami, Lando did not finish, I think. Um, he had an incident with Pierre Gasly. Um, oh, no, he did finish. Did he? No, he crushed out and he yeah, hit Gasly. Yeah, I was like, hit the um, starting grid. Yeah, so obviously that was probably, hopefully he doesn't do that again Let's and doesn't do stupid rookie mistakes. Um, he's been in F1 too long to do those stupid mistakes with Gasly. So we'll see. Hopefully it'll be a decent race. I'm hoping one of them will get some points for the team that's needed. Yeah, it's exactly what they need right now. It's consistent point scoring to help them not completely drown as uh, Alpine did last weekend <laughs> away. And, um, it, there's, you know, everyone says when you hit rock bottom, there's only one way you can go and that is up. So I think Alpine and fans of Alpine can probably take a bit of comfort in the fact that surely it can't get any worse than Azerbaijan. Yeah, I hesitate. I'd hesitate to say that. I find Formula One always has a ha- has a habit of raising the bar on that one. Uh, yeah, as you say, it was an absolutely awful weekend for for Alpine. I think the only thing that they didn't have happen was uh, was was you know cars blowing up in the points uh, in the points paying uh, points paying uh, positions. I mean, even then they still managed to find a a way right at the end of the race to to cause some more drama. Um, but yeah, I know it. Like you say, it, it cannot get worse than this. I don't think reasonably. Um, you know, it's it's. I don't know. It's it's just it's a little difficult. I think for Alpine right now. Um, I, I don't think that this is going to be a trend going on. I think this is sort of a one-off uh, for them. But yeah, that they they will be wanting to get just a car in a decent points paying position they've got four points each uh of, of alpine's drivers so they'll be wanting just something out of this weekend that you know to be honest they'll probably just want the testing from uh from free practice because honestly i think that's probably one of the bigger things they lost obviously they lost potentially a boatload of points um with the various issues and starting so far back and then obviously having to pit you know esteban knock on uh on the last lap and sending him right down the order but i think the bi- the bigger thing is that they need to they need to get the car out and uh, and running because they they lost a huge amount of running and that's what i think was scuppered that weekend most that's what that's the biggest uh, harm you know obviously uh miami's the next sort of uh the next normal weekend so hopefully they can yeah get some decent data get a decent re- result in the race stay out of trouble uh and maybe hope for someone at home and hope someone else has a bad weekend as they did yeah, and Sophia, I feel like, uh, like similar to what Owen said. Like we've still yet to actually see the best of this Alpine card. Um, you got to think, uh, Gasly had to start all the way from the back and make his way through in Bahrain, and Ocon retired. Of course, they both finished in the points in Saudi, but it still wasn't a great race for them. They both hit each other in Australia. They both just had awful weekends last weekend, but. We know it's a good car. We know it's competitive. It's just a matter of when are we going to see how competitive this Alpine is? Yeah, because I mean, 
listening back to some of the previous podcasts that we've done in the beginning of the season and looking at testing, I said Alpine would have been one to watch. And right now I'm pretty much <laughs> eating my words for that, uh, given how <laughs> disastrous this, these couple rounds have been. But I think they will be very competitive. I, I give it another couple rounds. Uh, I mean, they've just, like you said, they've just not had the best um best couple starts um i think they just need to do a more clean and consistent race and get some decent points because all kind of you think about last year as well he was one of the most consistent drivers in the points um getting the points needed for alpine for the team uh with some random ones from fernando lazo taking um some weird positions um finishing on um finishing from the grid but i i think yeah, it's more when we're going to see it, as you mentioned. And it's just, I hope it's going to be maybe Miami. I hope it'll be in the next couple rounds because we don't have that. Well, we have a decent amount of rounds still left to go, but they need to start getting their act together. Um, some of it's not been their faults. So there's been crashes, there's been incidents, but like the ones that have been caused directly from them, I think could have been easily avoidable. Um so hopefully we'll see. Also as well, they had upgrades that was meant to be in Baku and they weren't able to really test and see. So it'll be interesting coming into Miami to see what those upgrades will be again, if they are going to change them or we can actually see what they should have done in Baku. So that'll be kind of a big one to watch to see is how good and how much of a pace they'll have going into qualifying and also just race pace as well um, for the Miami on the weekend. Yeah, and it's it's <laughs> only having one practice session in in Baku certainly uh, curtailed a lot of probably their plans, and of course they wouldn't have found out until a few days before anyway. So it would have all just been a bit of a mess. Um, Owain P seven with seven points is Hass. Um, Hass are an odd one because we know there is pace in that car. They've shown they've shown it. Nico Hulkenberg's had some great qualifying session. Magnussen has been. You know, he's had his moments, but it just seems that they just can't get everything together with that car consistently yet. And it's kind of just, they're in like this weird sort of purgatory of have great potential to, you know, really challenge the likes of Alpine, but then also just then do Haas things and, and not score points. We see this a lot though, to be honest, from Haas, don't we? Because we see... Haas often starts the season with a decent amount of pace um, and then they don't particularly effectively develop the car and then they go backwards when, you know, teams like even Williams, you know, Williams obviously had a great weekend and they, you know, they had a weekend that suited their car with the car uh, being fast, uh, fast enough on the straights and obviously, have a, you know, having a, being beneficial for them. Um, so, you know, a team that would, you know, you would say for Haas would have started the season behind them, have stolen points. Uh, if we look at obviously Hulkenberg had not a great race. He he did a similar strategy to Ocon, and they the lack of a second safety car really hurt them. Well, the first safety car hurt them, and then the lack of the second safety car hurt them even more. Um, you know, Magnussen had a bit more of a normal race, but um, obviously, you know, he, he he didn't finish in the points. He finished in thirteenth. You know, he had he had Gazi and Ocon behind him, which was a bit of a miracle. Um, so you know, it's it's just it, unfortunately he just didn't get to go. They didn't, they have not managed to go forward in in, in that race. And um, you know, it, it looks like it's more of the status quo where they're just slightly falling backwards. Um, which, as you say, is is 
a bit baffling just because it's uh you know they, their car seem, has seemed to have pace um throughout the season so far um you know and they've they've finished relatively high up uh on the odd occasion you know even as high as seventh in uh in australia even though it was a bit of a weird race um so I, th- I think maybe it could just be that it doesn't really suit their car the 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 way the the track is and they can hope for it to be a bit a bit more conventional in miami um I think that's their biggest hope. Uh, otherwise, it's otherwise it's sort of uh, it's a bit early to start that decline this season. Yeah, uh, but Sophia, this is their first of three home races they're going to have as a team this season, and they've not always had the best uh, record in the US. And it's something that they'll certainly want to change because, as we're saying this lack of consistency and this sort of general downwards trend that they go on every season, surely it can't be happening now. It's only round five. Yeah. I mean, oh, even just like looking at the results, um, we have one retirement of Kevin Magnuson after the Hitler stroll last, um, last year in Miami. And then Mick finished last due to, I think he had like the pirouette spin, if I remember correctly in Miami. Um, so we'll see. I mean, yeah, as you said, the record for U.S. races for Haas has been pretty much 0-3 kind of um, when it comes to how they've been performing. But we'll see. Um, I think, um, yeah, I feel like the track might be better suited to them. Obviously, not every single car is going to be suited for every single track. So this will be a good indicator to see whether um, <clears throat> Haas can actually pull it out of the bag and kind of get some more points. I mean, if you look at the also the driver standing right now, Nico Hulkenberg's 10th, like, which is a little bit surprising because we thought when it was announced that he was coming in that Kevin was just still going to run with it given Nico's been out of the game for a while to be great. Obviously he was a reserve driver and he's been a super sub um, throughout the last couple of seasons due to uh, drivers with illnesses, COVID and all that. But yeah, it's interesting. It's surprising to see. Um, Obviously Kevin's just not had the, well, to be fair, has did not have the best weekend um, in Baku as well. Issues, situations and all that as well. So I hope they can actually get some decent, maybe decent points or just better finishes than they have. Um, compared to last year in Miami and just compared to last weekend in Baku. Yeah, there, a lot of teams didn't have the cleanest of uh, of weekends in in Baku. And as we go to these final three teams, uh, you, you, there's not a single one here that did have a good weekend in Baku. Alfa Romeo away in Bottas was pretty much last in, in the race the entire time. I think he made like three stops in the end and Joe's wasn't, you know, he didn't do anything remarkable. But it just seems to be a, a weird trend of Alfa Romeo. They don't seem to be all that competitive. They don't seem to be anywhere. They, I think they go pretty much forgotten most weekends because they don't, they don't do anything sort of remotely significant. Yeah, I mean, the most we saw of... Uh, of, of... Alfa Romeo of, of an Alfa Romeo, I think was um was Guan Yu Zhou having to pit for uh to, to retire the car um in, in Azerbaijan. I mean it's not been a good season so far. They they've obviously scored points as every team has. Um you know, Bottas obviously came last this time and and Joe was was not classified because of the retirement. Um you know, you could probably attribute this a bit to the chaos in Australia, but 
um but joe got ninth and uh and bottas was uh, uh bottas was 11th so there was potential for them to fight for points had uh had things not gone completely mental um saudi arabia was not a good race for them um really and uh, neither of them getting the points bottas again last of the finishes and then joe in 13th and then and then in bahrain which is uh, you know probably their most successful um Oh, sorry, apart from Australia, yeah, it's the most successful normal race to date. Um, Joe was 16th and uh, and Vartas was 8th. So I think it's a case of, you know, we're just seeing they don't have a lot, a huge amount of form. Uh, and that clearly goes away when, they, when they've when they got high-speed circuits. Now, hopefully, I talk about, obviously, I've talked a lot about Miami being, you know, more conventional. Um, hopefully, it comes towards them, but I really don't see it. I think it's going to be another painful weekend, and I think they've got a mountain to climb, and they, <laughs> they really just can't wait for 2026 when they're going to get some Audi money. Yeah, it's uh, certainly going to be a a long three years now for uh, for Alfa Romeo. Well, we'll be Sauber for two years before they get their Audi money. Um, Sophia, Alfa Tauri. Now, Sonoda got points. Yay. Congratulations, Yuki. Um, but Nick DeFries put it in the wall. And unfortunately, this is slightly becoming a bit of a trend for AlphaTauri this season where we get Yuki getting the odd points finished, never really going out there and shining. And Nick, unfortunately, not getting to grips with this AlphaTauri as quickly as he got to grips with that Williams last year. But... I think you do have to give Nick somewhat of the benefit of the doubt that he is in his first full season, but the team is really going south at the moment, and it's they are far from the team that we were seeing, you know, just a few years ago with Pierre Gasly finishing like sixth nearly every other race. Yeah, they've kind of comparing it to Red Bull. One's gone up and one's gone down, pretty much in, in progressions, but. Yeah, I mean, Alvatore weird weekend last uh, with Yuki with uh, in the sprint with the wheel coming off and everything, and then obviously Nick um, crashing in the race. I think Nick was also unwell as well um, in Baku, so uh, don't know what that was as well. But we'll see. I mean, Nick's also not raced in Miami before as well, so that's also going to show how he is as a driver because. Like I said, he's never raced that before. Yuki has one year under his belt in Miami, albeit <clears throat> I think he DNF'd if I... No, he didn't DNF, but he had um, he finished 12th. Uh, but he did have, I think, a situation one time um, with Gasly, I think, in the Miami uh, last year, if I'm not corrected. Um, but we'll see. I think... I... It's interesting that obviously with Frank Toss leaving... Um, at the end of the season mind you that was like pre-arranged ages ago apparently uh according to listening to ted's notebook um the kind of restructure of the team will be interesting to see going forward as well but yeah it just needs to be more consistent just clean yuki's very unpredictable i think he's the new latifi i'll say um, um this year um and you just never know what 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 comes out of Yuki's driving. Sometimes it's remarkable points. Sometimes it's losing a wheel and having to pull out gaffer tape. Sometimes as well. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it is. I, I'm more interested in seeing more Nick 
then I am seeing Yuki for this race. Um, and again, given because it's unknown for him, and that will show how well of a driver he is. I think he could be in contention, contention for points potentially um, if the setup is good for the car for the weekend. Yeah, it certainly wasn't just one rear wheel he went through. He went through two. <laughs> he did it twice. It was a it was not. Uh, I think the point was a very generous gift for Yuki at the end of that uh, back of your weekend. But finally, we come to the last place team, and it's a team that I don't feel like they should be last place. They have been, you know, overall quite a much more solid team, I feel like, than the two teams at least above them. But Williams, they sat on there with one point. Albon, I think, was just doing the best job he can. He was definitely making the most of just how quick that Williams is in a straight line. And, of course, Logan had his issues, and <laughs> I think that's fair to say. But, um, yeah, there's quite a lot of tight turny bits in Miami, but we also must remember there are two very long full throttle zones also in Miami, which could definitely swing in Williams' favour, maybe in qualifying, but also could be in the race as well. Um, yeah, uh, I mean... I think it's important to know. I've just had a look through the stats. Uh, apart from the first race, Logan Sargent has been classified in 16th for every single race after, uh, I believe. And Alex Albon has uh, he finished 10th in Bahrain and has then been uh, has then been a DNF for uh, two races afterwards, and then uh, and there's an uh, and only got to 12th uh, in uh, 12th in Azerbaijan, I believe. It's been a weird. It's been a weird time, I would say. I wouldn't say, actually call it that successful when that's happened. Um, yeah, hopefully it's decent for Williams. But yeah, if, if we go by the form book, Logan Sargent will be in sixteenth. <laughs> yeah, very possibly. Um, and you know, consistency is key in Formula One, and in your first season, we do have to, of Not course, give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than it's, it's better than being twentieth as Mazepin was consistently in his first season. So I would take it. <laughs> well, that, well, that's because Logan Sargent's a Formula One driver, and you know Mazepin is Mazepin. <laughs> I can't remember the last time Latifi finished sixteenth. <laughs> so, but we'll see. We'll see. But we will now move on to, of course, the predictions uh, for this upcoming. Miami weekend um, and Sophia will bring it on to you so Saturday of course we'll start who will be on pole position for you? Charles I think Ferrari's one lap race pace is absolutely on fire so I think it'll be Charles if not it'll be Carlos but I do think Charles has been consistent with getting poles but not wins so let's just keep that stat running again yeah, Charles does have a good record at street tracks. He's called Sergio Perez King of Street Tabs, but Charles Leclerc has been on pole at, in multiple street tracks. So, uh, you know, we have Mr. Saturday and Mr. Sunday for street tracks. But, uh, Wayne, uh, who have you got for on pole? Uh, on pole, um, God, I'm going to go with Verstappen. It seems like the sort. I don't think his confidence is going to be shaking that much. I think he's going to blast it. Well, I, I'm going to break the mould only very, very slightly and stick Checo on pole. <laughs> I think I think he's had a good weekend and he'll have a lot of a lot of momentum going into this weekend. So, Sophia, back to you. So, 
moving on to the next day, the Sunday, what do you who's going to be on your podium? Oh, I think P3 will be Charles, P2 Max, and P1 Checo. Keeping on with the streets, um, King of the Streets. I think, yeah, it's a boring podium. It's now kind of a given almost. Maybe sometimes throw Alonso in. But yeah, I think given how Baku was as well, I think Checo will take the win. Verper and Leclerc. There we go. <laughs> um, Elaine? I'm going to go for Verstappen and then Perez and then Stroll. That's where I'm going. Yeah, all predictions are later. Um, <laughs> no, I'm doing but... it now. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I am gonna. Oh, Jesus, I'm gonna go with Verstappen. Then I'm gonna go with Leclerc, and then I'm gonna go with Alonso. I th- I reckon some sort of a reliability with Perez will will take him off the podium or a, a bad strategy call when they tell him to get out of the way because he's getting too good. Um, so, Sophia, uh, finally, last prediction, bold prediction for this weekend. Um, even though I like my stats and my um, <clears throat> recurring um, information, with the <laughs> Logan Sarger, I think he will get points for his home race, one of his home races. Um, actually, I think it is his proper one because he's from Florida as well. So it's one of his his home home race um, pretty much for this season. So I think Logan won't finish 16th or be classified as 16th. He will actually get a point. I'm not thinking it's going to be higher than 10th. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Dwayne? Uh, I'm going to go, bear in mind they've only got one point. I'm going to go double points for Williams. Don't care what, right, what way around it happens. I'm just... So you're also going for Logan Sargent to break his ducks of 16. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm not. I, there's no way he continues to get 16. He's not so sharks. He'll always get sick. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Oscar Piastri to both out-qualify and then score more points than Lando Norris this weekend. I think he's gonna. I think he, it's his time. He's slowly growing into that car, and it's 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 time he uh, he put Lando fully in his place. Even though I love you, Lando, <laughs> but he doesn't know the track though. He's never raced there, whereas Lando has for one year. So that'll be quite interesting. It's bold. That's <laughs> yeah. He's just that good. He's just that good. You know, good old Oscar. Um, so thank you. Uh, for listening if you do enjoy this podcast we'd love it if you could take five to leave us five star uh, rating on Spotify or a five star review on Apple Podcast every review is greatly appreciated and we love hearing your feedback Um, we are also available on YouTube where most uh, most of our episodes are recorded live this one isn't Um, but for all of our qualifying reviews sprint reviews whichever reviews as <laughs> race reviews they are all recorded live straight onto youtube so you can listen to them immediately after the race and get to interact and comment and let us know your personal biases and how much you hate various drivers it's always it's always fun to hear from people um 
You can also search for the Good Talk podcast on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search the F1 Good Talk podcast, and we have an, a backlog of over 270 shows. So if you are really stuck with something to listen to before the Miami Grand Prix, we have so many shows. Just give them a listen. They're fun. Um, also, please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment for all of our hosts. And just please subscribe. We're really trying to uh, push our, our subscribe count. So make sure to subscribe and also hit the bell notification so you are notified as soon as we upload any pre-recorded podcasts like the Fireside or our Formula Talk podcast um, or as soon as we go live. Um, so I'd like to thank my guests and let them plug whatever they wish to plug. So Sophia, uh, of course you are a Grid Talk uh, co-host, but which show <laughs> do you want to talk about? Yeah, so I do a weekly show uh, called Formula Talk, where we look more so on F2 and F3, but we do dabble in a few other um, race events, such as F1 Academy that just happened this weekend, IndyCar as well, Freca. Um, it's joined by some familiar faces of the Good Talk family. Um, this week we'll be looking with Tom Downey, uh, we're recording tomorrow actually for it, um, discussing F1 Academy and F2. Um, I also work with Everything F1, which does articles and podcasts. Um, you can find us on social media at joinef one um, or our website, everythingf1.com. Again, F1, F2, F3, pretty much anything. We're getting kind of big into um, FE as well recently with some of our articles. So take a look at the website or on social media um, for that as well. And away and where can people find more from you? Um, I'm not going to plug my Twitter anymore because it's Twitter, but I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so you can, you can find me hosting uh, the Grid Talk podcast as and when. Um, that's pretty much it. Fair enough. And I would also plug my Twitter account, but if I did, I would... Uh, for my employment reasons i just wouldn't anyway and also twitter um so we will be back of course this weekend for the miami grand prix whether it's good whether it's bad probably bad um you can hear all the reaction from us on an hour after each session um uh, an hour after qualifying and the race so thank you very much for listening to the god's talk podcast presented by bet online and goodbye